Cam Thomas coming into Madison Square Garden. Oh, my hair come ass. You knew it was coming. Absolutely destroying Quentin Grimes one on one. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about recent. But that's things. his certified bucket. He's that happened it. after our last, after we recorded our last episode. So thank you very much. It is still within the jurisdiction of certified <laughs> oh bucket of the week. God. What's up, what's up, and welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, fresh from All-Star Weekend in Cleveland. Lethal, you were out there, too. Um, and we were also joined by Christian Winfield in the building. Fellas, uh, how did you enjoy? <laughs> you see how she just did me, yo? She just oh separated me. God. What do you mean? You were not All-Star. I had to that acknowledge that. Well, I'm still a human being, yo. You see, what, you see how, you, yo, Lethal, this is why... You my favorite co-host. Oh you feel my me? God, Ash, that was crazy. Throw me under the bus. <laughs> kick me while I'm down. You from Brooklyn, Ash. How you gonna do me like that? Nah. It's Listen, means, I'm where, just where my saying the facts. At? Lethal oh. was in Cleveland. You were not. But I'm I was still gonna ask you how you enjoyed. I was still gonna ask you how you enjoyed the weekend. My weekend was cool. I wish I was in Cleveland with y'all getting busy. No, you but don't. You know what I'm but chill, <laughs> chill, chill, Ash. I was, I was, I was minding my own business, ducked off. You feel me? I had a great time. How was All Star though? Enough about me. Tell, tell me about Cleveland. Cleveland was, um, Cleveland. It was, it was cool. It was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was cold. It snowed, right? It snowed the day before, and it was brick for the remainder three days that everyone was out there. Um. Ubers were a little tough to come by in Cleveland. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, I think that was the real story of NBA All-Star was the lack of Uber availability (laughs) for all the people that were out there. Nobody was trying to make money in Cleveland. That's amazing. Right. But I mean, look, Saturday Saturday was dope. Sunday was dope. There was a really dope moment at halftime. Um, mm. with the NBA 75 team. So, yeah. look, all in all, it was it was a it was a good weekend even though it was a little cold, a little chilly. Oh, uh, yeah. Lethal, you yeah. were out there trying to trying to, you know what I'm saying, finesse your way into the three-point contest. What happened? <laughs> how how, how, how that end up playing? Finesse, hey, listen, I know good, a master finesse when I see one. Nah, it was it was good, man. I, I I'm glad I, you know, I told you guys what I was going to break. I broke the record. I talked to Craig Hodges and he put the stamp on it and I talked to Paul Pierce. I talked to a lot of guys. Ray Allen commented on it. Rip Hamilton, Reggie Miller. So it was a dream come true. I didn't get in it, but the good thing was, you know, you know how we are uninterrupted and certified buckets. We made some noise and we, you know, we 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 let the world know that, you know, what I do, if that makes sense. Bro, those names that you mentioned, I mean, Ray Allen, to be getting the respect of your peers and to not have even played in the league like that. You know what I'm saying? How does that feel for you, bro? It feels good, man. You know, especially what you do and what Ash do. Like, we're just trying to let people see how good we are, man. And just to be a part of this podcast. And most importantly, we're talking about things that people try to discredit us for. And one Mm -hmm. of the things that I do is shoot just to show people how well I shoot. is just a a testament to how good we are as a podcast because we have the best of the best. You know the vibes, right? Yep. I remember when you you had to remind folks that you ain't just no shooter. You had to pull out the receipts. Yeah. You had to show them the tape, bro. Yeah. People gonna try to play you. We, we, we ain't having that. Nah. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we are on Instagram and Twitter interact with us and you might just hear your comments on the next show. All right, guys. So the All-Star break will officially come to an end on Thursday, which starts a mad dash for playoff positioning. Now, we've heard some certified hot takes throughout the season. And before the year ends, we feel it's appropriate to give ourselves one more chance to double down or hedge our bets. That's right. Our producers went into the archives and pulled out some of our hot takes to see if we're sticking to our predictions. So let's get started with three on five. All right, y'all. Check ball. It's time for us to go three on five. All right. So take number one, we're going to get things started with our boy Christian, who made a bold prediction about the Los Angeles Lakers just a few episodes ago. I think we're still going to see the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Now, I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I think they have enough star power. I'm not worried about them. I have belief in LeBron. I believe in Rob Palenka. I think they're going to figure it out. 
Oh my God. <laughs> Why are they doing them like this? All right, Christian. Oh you God. heard the audio in the words of my man, Rashid Wallace. The ball don't lie. Are you doubling down on this take or are you hedging your bet? Oh my God. First and foremost, I, I'm not a Lakers fan, but this is probably the worst time to be a Lakers fan right now because you entered this season with aspirations of doing something more than just being 500. And look at you now. You you might end up this season chasing ping pong balls. And, and, and it's terrible to think that when you put three, potentially three future Hall of Famers together, that this is what you end up with. But man, this is just the, the way the cookie crumbles is crazy. And um, I, I mean, am I going to abandon the Lakers right now? I don't know. You know what it is? I'm going I'm to take y'all into the crypto world real quick. Oh my There's gosh. a term in the crypto world called paper handing, right? And that's when you buy an asset and you sell it for lower than you bought it for. And that's where the Lakers are at right now. If I sold on the Lakers right now, I'd be paper handed. I'm not a paper hander. I got diamond hands. We hold until until the end. So it pains me to say it, but I'm riding with them. Letha, I'm I don't know how you them. I don't know how you felt about that, but I just heard a whole lot of nothing. I love you, Chris. I love you, Chris, but it, you was just saying I didn't nothing. Hear an right? acknowledgement. He ain't saying are nothing. Are you with it or are you not oh with goodness. it, bro? You just you just answered the question the way I be answering questions. He like, just come on, give it to that question like a mofo. Like, <laughs> give it to us, bro. Give it to us. A whole lot of nada. I'm riding with the Lakers. All right. Okay. okay. I think they're gonna fix it. I think they're gonna get some buyout market pieces. I think Russ is gonna turn it up a notch. Okay. Wait, no, but Anthony Davis. Davis is hurt. Oh my God, it's just bad. Well, man. yeah, it was definitely uh, um, bad. Like, a- AD is hurt, def- but you was... would think LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo, and the supporting cast is enough. No, to, you would have thought that Not... at the beginning of the season, but watching, I don't watch Russ shoot pull up mid-range jump shots off the side of the backboard on more than three occasions. I think it's also not just a testament. I mean, taking the Lakers and their struggles aside and and Letha, I'll get your standpoint on that from an X's and O, you know, um, analogy. But I think more so taking away from just the Lakers, I just think the West is a lot more competitive than it was last season or the season that they won, you know, the NBA championship in the bubble. I think that, you know, all of the deficits... Uh, that they've faced this season thus far between AD and now him him being injured again, LeBron injured in the beginning of the season, Russell Westbrook and his struggles, you know, Carmelo Anthony kind of being up and down, although, you know, he's probably been the most consistent force off the bench for the Lakers um, this season. I think the West is just a lot better. There's just a lot more competition. There's just a lot more. There are a lot more complete teams that, I don't even know if a healthy Anthony Davis would be enough to over, you know, surpass that. I just think that their chemistry issues and their health issues and just, you know, all of the inner workings of the things between the drama with, you know, Rob Palenka and everything that's going on and, you know, all the the rumors and the conversation and just obviously the disconnect on the court is not enough to overcome everybody else who's playing much better basketball. And there's just simply not enough time left to make something happen. And I think that's just really what it comes down to. LeBron James being, you know, the greatest of all time, one of the greatest of all time, like he is, he's just not enough to make something out of this mess that is the Los Angeles Lakers. But Lethal, from an X's and O's standpoint, what is wrong with them? What went wrong with the Lakers, rather? It's everything you just said. The chemistry is just off. People don't. Know, it doesn't seem like in the offense, people don't know who's going to have the ball, when to shoot, when not to shoot. It, we haven't seen like backdoor cuts. It just looks like, like you're just saying, like everybody's always on separate pages. Um, and that just comes from just team chemistry. I'm not saying they're not, but like you know, going to hang out at the bowling alley, going to do certain things, not just one or two things where they post on the gram or something like that. So like they need a lot of team <laughs> chemistry to uh, take it to the next level. And that's what's needed. And I think I forgot who it was. It was maybe you, Ash, or Chris, who you said in the beginning of the season, a lot of these teams are better because they've been together longer and they're able to have that type of chemistry to know what each player likes and what this person likes to do, what this person doesn't like to do. And I think adding Russ to a team that already had chemistry. And and actually, I think one of you guys said as well, they should have just kept the same team they had before. You know, they tried right. to, they tried to, you know, what is it? They tried what, to what improve. Is it? They, they, yeah, they tried to, the, 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 what is it? The grass isn't green on the other side. It's they not. Tried to, they, yeah. tried, right. they, they tried, tried to. But I think we've seen this before. I think teams try to jumpstart that championship yeah. team, you yeah. know, and take the shortcut. I yeah. think, you know, we saw it, and this is not even a good example because for the, 
entire season, they played really well together. And then it was just, you know, in the playoffs that they fell short. But you go back to the big three era and, you know, a lot of people were saying you can't cheat a championship. You can't cheat the game. And I think a lot of times these super teams are almost trying to cheat the game. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Look what happened in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. That was supposed to be a guaranteed championship. What was everyone saying when that big three was together? They're going to win the whole thing. You know, this is a cheat code, a walking Mm -hmm. cheat code. And then what happens? Kyrie goes down. James Harden goes down. Kevin Durant can't sustain the workload himself as Mm -hmm. much as a god, a basketball god that he is. And then now fast forward, that team is not even the same team anymore. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't, you can't always cheat the systems. It's not like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors that was already a well-oiled machine and you're just adding another superhero to the Avengers. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to go ahead and pull a bunch of guys together, we may be homies in real life. We may be in the club, we may be kicking it, but that doesn't always equal success on a basketball court. No, and it's no for sure. You're right. And I, I think we're moving into a phase in the NBA where like, the name on the back of the jersey can't carry you anymore. It's a team sport, right? You need to have a complete team. And that's why, you know what I'm saying? When you look at this Nets team right now, sure, you lose James Harden, but you're plugging all those holes that you had. You you have a much better team at this point because you, you have a complete team. Right now, it's just a matter of do you have time to put it together? We can talk about that later. I don't think they will have enough time to build that chemistry to, to compete with the Miami and the Milwaukee and even even the Sixers at this point. But we're seeing the same thing play out in the in, with the Lakers. You know, right. it's just you made this big bet on superstar talent, and you made a big bet on them too, bro. You know, I did, I did, yeah. and part of that bet was was on Russell Westbrook. But the God. good thing is the season not over, so exactly you know, don't go. And you go down to, fighting. Exactly. They need to be active on this buyout market and get some shooters, get some help. Right. Well, I, you know, we've had this conversation on this show before, and I've, you know, said that I think that this era in basketball is over. The super team era, you know, you see the experiments with the Lakers and the Nets and how they're very much underperforming based on expectations. And then you see teams like the Memphis Grizzlies. You see Mm -hmm. teams like the Cavaliers, who a lot of people did not have high expectations for. You know, a lot of people except me. Um, oh my God. <laughs> you got the Cavaliers? And they're doing, they're playing exceptionally well, you know, from the ground up or out the mud, like we like to say. Is the era of super teams, you know, is that door officially beginning or almost closed? Yeah, it's nah. closed. You I think, think so, I think, I, I think because now it's not cool no more. It, it, it looks like people are like, all right. And that's why James was kind of sensitive. Like, damn, do I leave the Nets? Because it looked like, they're just chasing rings and stuff that it's like, I think now it's more like build around me. You know what I mean? To, to help me um, take it to the next level. Of course, we said the thing about Dame, he needs to get out, which I, you know, he, he tried. He tried for 68 years to do what he needed to do that. It didn't work. Not you know? 68 years. Yeah, I'm, saying like he, I'm saying he <laughs> tried. But those other guys, you know, they, they just like, you know, hey, I'm going to text this guy. You're going to come here. We're going to do this and do that. I feel like those days are over. Like you're saying, Ash, where, you know, guys are just trying to just sense their buddies be on the same teams because we're noticing, like, you guys can hang out to clubs, you guys can go to Bora Bora together, but on the basketball court, some of these connections don't look great. I don't know. I I think we're going to see another era of that coming real soon, especially with the the NBA is just getting younger and younger, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and especially the younger you get, the the relationships that you form in youth are going to carry on through. I think I think we're even seeing the, the writing on the wall for the Knicks to have a super team soon. If, if right. Zion makes his way over there and if Cam Reddish ever touches but the is floor. That, is you know that what I'm really like, considered? That would not really be considered a super team. Well, so so no. you don't consider RJ a, super, a, a potential superstar in the future? No, but RJ's homegrown. You know what I mean? He He's been there since the beginning. I think when people... Well, Dwayne Wade was homegrown, right? Dwayne Wade was homegrown and then he invited his friends over. But I'm saying that era, you know, the pre-Big 3 era wasn't a super team. I'm saying, you know, when you're a homegrown, look look at what's happening in Memphis with John Morant, right? That's not... It wasn't constructed to be a super team and they're not a super team yet. Now, if they Mm -mm. become one... That just means that the experiment of, you know, growing guys from the organization and and growing them year to year happened to work. The same thing with the Warriors. That wasn't a super team when yeah, they put it together. That's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about having that like that. Say RJ is that one singular talent, right? Now I think RJ opens the door. And this is credit to him. He's gotten good enough because you can't be a super team without having your superstar. And RJ right? can be that. But I also think he's going to be a player who's like, OK, hey, you, you see it now. You t- So if Zion doesn't if Zion happens to come to New York. Right. That you're forming a super team in New York. There's no other way you can cut it. 
I think my definition of a super team are guys with existing resumes joining forces to, you know, win an immediate championship. You know, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, they all had existing resumes in their own right. The same thing with the Lakers, the same thing, you know, with the big three. They all had existing resumes. If Zion were to join the Knicks, RJ Barrett doesn't really have an existing resume and Zion really hasn't done anything. So it'd be a superstar in terms of big names, but I don't consider that a super team. I think these young guys, you know, they have more of a Damian Lillard mindset where they want to get it out the mud. They want to get it on their own terms. They don't want to go ahead and quote unquote, cheat the game. They want to win in the markets they want to win in with the team that they want to win with. And they want to do it on their own terms. Players, I know, and fans hate when I say this, but this is true. Players don't care about playing in LA and New York anymore. That's irrelevant to them. They'd rather play in a Memphis. They'd rather play in a Houston and win on their own terms than go ahead and join a super team and maybe win. And then if they do win, it's almost like the ring is discredited because they cheated the system. I think these guys have a much more, you know, gritty, just gully mindset. Like, look, I'm a win, but I'm a win on my terms. Like, this is my city and I'm gonna hold it down. I love that era. Like, bring that back. Bring competitive basketball back. I think the organization also has a lot to do with it too, right? right. Because if you've got an organization that's not building around you, cough, cough, Damian Lillard, cough, cough, Bradley <laughs> Beal, right? Then you're getting up out of town, right? So I, I think yeah. it all depends, but I feel you. I think we also got to define what exactly a super team is, right? Like if right. you've got Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell and Devin Booker goes to that team, do you consider that a super team? They, they don't have proven... That's you what mean, I'm saying. They're the, big the, names, but D they don't Book have is the proven... Only one, yeah. D Book is the only one that has proven... What's a proven resume of Carl Anthony Towns? What is All he respect done? to, yeah, not him or the yeah, He's a great player, that. but he hasn't it, done anything. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so when... That's I don't my know, definition call, call of a super Celtics, team, right? so, when, so when Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett joined us, that's a super team. But what, did, what had KG done at that point? KG didn't win any any championships on his own. What had, what had Ray Allen done on his, on his own? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't even a super team until it became a super team. I, exactly. I, I'll give you that. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. I, so I think we can, we can... Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Speaking of teams that, you know, have the opportunity to become a super team and are currently getting out the mud... Take Uh-oh. number two, because listen, they oh call me Astrodamus for a go. reason. I need go. y'all Take to run the, the tape on what I said about the Memphis Grizzlies back in early December. All right, so so we're saying right now that at the end of the season that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to finish top four in the West. I'm going She's saying to say she thinks it's a possibility. It's a high, I think the only that team that is not that's a fair not, that's You got to give us a no I'm, or I'm yes. Say, that, I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. The Memphis Grizzlies, I'm going to go ahead and go out and say it again, we will finish top four in the West. I'm putting, I'm, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Dun, 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 dun. Where's that fun? <laughs> I, need the, I need the Funk Master Flex you know, oh bomb. I, just need, I need that sound effect. If we can throw that sound effect in here and post, that would be fantastic. I think this show is about empowering Ashley. Listen, I just want to let you know. I've been on the John Morant train since day one. She I've been has. on the Grizzlies. I've been on the Grizzlies train since day one. I knew that this team was filled with some dogs. And I'm just glad the rest of the world is catching up and seeing what I've always seen in the Memphis Grizzlies. There's a new day in the Western Conference. Absolutely. It's no longer the Lakers Conference to win or to lose. There's some talent, and there's some talent in the dirty, dirty, and they go by the name of the Memphis Grizzlies, and they are led by a cat named John Morant. Mm. And I don't know if the Memphis Grizzlies are the contender to win it all just yet, Mm -hmm. but I will tell you this. They're going to be in the playoffs, and they're going to give some people a whole lot of problems. Absolutely. And I want my apologies now, yeah, Christian. Yeah, I will give you your apology now. It pains me to admit that Astrodamus <laughs> was right about this. <laughs> Memphis is tough. You know, I started understanding how tough they were when they started winning games when John Moran was out, right? They had that stretch where he didn't play, and I think they only lost two of those games, and, and they could tell. I think they went eight and two or something crazy like that in that stretch. And then you just start to see that it's not just a one-man show, right? It's This is a team that gets after you on both ends. <sighs> yeah, Ash. You got it. Let's give you your flowers. You, yeah. you got I mean, it. That's the good thing about this show. We don't we yeah. don't discredit where credit is due. You know, that's why you're you the best. That's yeah. why Chris is the best. And oh, that's man. why even if I don't do. want to, even I, though I it's killing us, we still yeah. have to do it. We still have to do it. I got you, Ash. 
you gotta love, just from a standpoint of basketball, you gotta love that there are some new teams emerging, not only in the NBA, but specifically in the Western Conference. And this just goes back to the conversation that we were having, that John Morant is homegrown in the Memphis Grizzlies organization. A lot of those guys are. And I think it showcases that there's more than one way to skin a cat, like that saying goes. You don't have to go ahead and put a bunch of superstars together. You can take your time. The franchise, the fan base can be patient. And yeah. yeah, great player development. And there could be patience on both the franchise, the players, and the fans. And then eventually, little by little, the puzzle starts to formulate. And when it does, man, is it good. Because those boys are some ballers. So what did you see? Grizz. What did you see way back when when you that made you believe, okay, yeah, this is a team that's not because they could have had that yeah. play-in tournament win against the Warriors and then faded to black. Like that was it. Right. Like, what did you see that led you to believe that they'd be consistent enough? Two things. One, it's a group of guys who really enjoy playing together. And chemistry is one of those things you can't create. It's just natural. And when you see it, you know it's special. And, you know, the guys in Memphis have a great chemistry together. I think what I also saw this season when John Morant was out those few games, how they were able to continually win and have that train continually moving. It wasn't a drastic decline in his absence. That's the testament of an extremely good roster. That's a testament of an extremely good team, an even team, a deep team. And also John Morant, you know, you know, I'm honored to know him outside of the game. And he's a dog. Like, he he eats, sleeps, and breathes this. And, you know, he's determined to go ahead and win on his own terms. He's determined to go ahead and make Memphis, you know, a team that people fear, ha- make, make them a team that people respect. Mm-hmm. He reminds me a lot of AI in that aspect. He has that sure. same mentality, that same grittiness, that same just you know, swagger about him. And those are intangibles. You know, you can't recreate that. And everything else you can teach. You know what I mean? Everything else you, you can you can develop, you can grow, but there are some things that are just intangibles and that team in Memphis has a whole lot of them. So absolutely I I agree with you. Good job. I agree with you. We agree we're behind you one hundred percent. Just don't make that mistake because you know we're coming. We're going to go ahead and slide into take number three. And Lethal, it's not often that you drop a hot take, but oh, our my producers Lethal, we got a hot take on record? One. It got to be Josh. We got a hot Somebody take no on Lethal. It's probably let's a lukewarm see, take. Let's see how Lethal Shooter felt about the Warriors and what he had to say about them. I think the Warriors are the best team in the league right now. And I feel like some people are like, are trying to say, um, you know, let's, let's see over time. It's nothing to see. All right, Lethal, are you doubling down on this take or hedging your bet? Now, look, the Warriors have faced some struggles prior to the All-Star break. And obviously, Draymond Green, you know, his injuries and his inability to be able to be a consistent factor for a lot of the games in the first half. Are there any concerns to that take or are you still standing true to it? Yeah, I don't have any concerns because the one thing about the Warriors, they're still second in the West. Um, the West, like you always say, and what, like what Chris always says, it's, I mean, it's real deal basketball. And it's hard to play real deal basketball when you don't have the person driving the car. And that's Draymond. Draymond is the person that drives that car. Yes, Steph and Clay get all the media. They get all the cool accolades because they can shoot. But mm-hmm. the reason why they're able to get off their shot is because of Draymond. So if you notice when Draymond isn't playing, Steph has to take tougher shots. Steph's shooting air balls. Uh, Clay Thompson has to take tougher shots. But when you put Draymond out there and that big is sagging back because all due respect, Draymond can't knock it down. Now Draymond is the one driving that car. So now he's doing dribble handoffs. He's finding cutters. He's doing no-look passes. He's like a... He's like another version of Magic Johnson, what I, I would say the dribbling aspect. His passing ability to me, Draymond can pass the ball, but he doesn't get credit. It's because the way he plays is just to fans who really don't know the game, it looks ugly. But people who understand basketball, he is very high IQ. And that's why his plus minus is always positive because he's the engine behind the Warriors. So when Draymond comes back, they won't miss a beat. And the way Steph Curry's shooting, the way Steph Curry's confidence is back, is back. Steph Curry isn't thinking about... Um, how he's playing before. So, you know, the West definitely beware because I don't see anybody um, right now unless the Lakers turn it on that can actually beat the beat the Warriors in the series. Shout out to their role players as well. Yeah. Really deep team. Um, shout know, out to the All-Star. Absolutely. First time All-Star Andrew Wiggins. Absolutely. I mean, look, they, they, they moving and shaking they in, in, they in, in the Bay Area. Pool out there area. hooping too. Bunch of players. Yeah, yeah. Lethal. 
I've heard people talking about this before, and I want to get your opinion. Do you think Draymond would be as effective in another system or on another team, or do you think that this is kind of like the best version? Like, for example, if Derek Williams would have got drafted by the Spurs, I think his career would have got gone a lot different if he'd have gotten right. drafted by like the Timberwolves. But if he'd have got drafted by the Timberwolves and played in, in in Sacramento, what do you think about Draymond? Do you think his game could fit in any system, or does his game benefit from being next to Stephen Clay? Yeah, the type of game that Draymond has, it doesn't fit in every system. So if Draymond played with the Lakers, he wouldn't be able to dominate the ball because LeBron and Russ want the ball. So now we are putting Draymond in a situation where he has to have the jump shot. He has to be able to knock down the mid-range. He has to be able to do certain things and transition uh, all due respect that he is, he doesn't have to do for the Warriors. So if you notice, for the Warriors, when he's bringing the ball to court, he's not running the lane really hard to get it yeah. to Euro step and make a layup. He's running the lane really hard. So as soon as he gets it, he just does a dribble handoff to a shooter. So now if he's right. playing with the Lakers, all due respect, he can't do that same type of format for um, Russell Westbrook and other guys that they have right now because it, it, it would just be discombobulated. So I feel like out of all the teams in the NBA, I think – Draymond can fit well with the Spurs because how high his IQ mm-hmm. is and how he throws bounce passes. Mm-hmm. But I, I 100% agree. If he wasn't on the Warriors or Spurs or one of those type of systems, I think he'd do well with the Celtics, you know what I mean, in, the, in that type of system as Probably well. Probably fit well with the Heat too. Yeah, he'll do really good with the Heat with those shooters. And and, and I think yeah. that's, that's, a good, that's a good look at it. So I think that's a good fit. Well, I mean, listen, when you got the best shooter of all time. Yeah, facts. On your team, <laughs> you know, it's hard to ever count you out. I mean, the things that he was doing in that All-Star game should be illegal. All right, Christian, we're going to go ahead and slide into take number four because this one is all about you yet again. Oh, my God. Um, How are they finding ch- this stuff? A lot has changed since you made this take about the Nets Eastern Conference competition, right? So the competition for the Nets in the Eastern Conference. Take a listen. Oh, my gosh. You know, covering the Nets is only two teams that I'm really concerned about in a playoff series, right? And that'd be Milwaukee and Miami. Mm. All right, Christian. So with the Bulls emerging as a contender... And major roster shakeups between the Nets and the 76ers. Are you doubling down on this take or are you hedging your bets? Mm. I'm doubling down on that take. You know, funny enough, I don't think I'm worried about the 76ers in a in a matchup against the Nets, to be quite frank. Wow. Mm. When you look at the rosters and how they're stacked. Hold up, Chris. You know, I just want you to know they're recording this. Unless you played half those games in New York. They're, they're recording this right now, they Chris, so they're going to bring this, it yeah. back. You know how and Josh listen, look, in the move. Look, I know the Nets don't have any answer for Joel Embiid, but the Sixers don't have any answer for Kevin Durant. When you look at the rest of the roster, right, Ben Simmons is going to end up guarding James Harden 100% of the possessions he's on the floor. It's just how that's going to work. Okay. And I think he's going to make James Harden's life a little bit difficult. Now we're going down to the role players. you telling me you think Tobias Harris is going to be that different? Sure, maybe in the world where James Harden is setting them up. But the Nets have Kyrie, even if just half those games, you still got Patty, you got Seth Curry, you got LaMarcus Aldridge. I think that, you know, just when you look at these two teams shaking out, I'm more concerned about the Heat, for example. I'm more concerned about the 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 Bucks. I'm more concerned about teams that have their DNA intact, right? Because where mm-hmm. the Sixers are right now, they just blew up their roster in a way where they're still going to have to figure out who they are because they're incorporating James Harden out to playing alongside Joel Embiid. That dynamic is going to have to take time. Just mm-hmm. like the next new dynamic is going to have to take time. The Heat don't need any time and the Bucks don't need any time. And that's why I'm more concerned about them. I think the Sixers still have things that they need to work out. I'm concerned about the Cavaliers. Mm. The Cavaliers are a team that come out there and, and punch the Nets in the mouth in game one and now the Nets have to fight back somehow, and now the Cavs are playing. You know what I'm saying? There's so many different ways that that can go. But in terms of, like, actually being threatened, in terms of, like, an elimination, I think the only two teams that they really... Even, like, we can consider the Bulls in there somewhere, but I I watched the Nets really put a beat down on them in Chicago, and James Harden was part of that game, and they got better since then. So it's really the Bucs and the uh, the Heat for me, for sure. Mm. It's interesting you say that, though, because there are a lot of things for the Nets that haven't changed. The pieces just has changed, That's right? It. So Kevin Durant is still injured. Chemistry, what you say. You know, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons hasn't been implemented into the rotation just yet. Sure. And there Kyrie Irving can still only be a part-time player. Preach. So in that situation, you know, say it's a Philly and do? Sixers, say it's a Philly and Brooklyn matchup. Right. Half the time, Kyrie Irving can't even be a participant in those games because they'll be sure. played in New York City. And unless, less shooters. Unless things change. Right. And you're kind of back to where you started from and you're relying now 
on Ben Simmons, who has showcased to be sometimes rattled by his surroundings and is really not known for his shooting ability. Yes, you have Seth Curry, though, so that helps you kind of, you know, bring it back a little bit and take some of the um, the stress off of Kevin Durant. But also going back to the topic of the day, chemistry. Mm, Is there enough time? For this team, when they are all on the court at the same time, given the fact that Kyrie Irving still is only a part-time player, is there enough time for them to forge a chemistry where they can make a serious run, not only in the second half, but in the playoffs? Mm. You know, I'd be inclined to say no, to be honest. You know, they've only got 23 games left on the schedule. That is not When you consider Kyrie Irving is only available for, what, eight of them? Eight of those games that Kyrie can play in. So you're really trying to figure out how the pieces, not including Kyrie fit, and then you kind of have to reset it and figure out how that works with him in that rotation. It's going to be really, really tough. But, and this is always what it comes down to, nine times out of ten, Kevin Durant is the best player on the floor. Right. Right. And I've watched Kevin Durant beat Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and the Sixers with only... Kevin Durant was playing when half the team was in COVID protocols. He was on the floor with four rookies at a time, dogging the 76ers. So I'm not going to doubt him. It's just a matter of will everybody else be on the same page. Now, some of that has to do with when does KD come back from injury? Some of that has to do with when does Ben Simmons make his Nets debut? Those things all have to happen very, very soon because the clock is ticking. You're telling mm-hmm. If you're telling me Kevin Durant isn't coming back until 12 games left, 10 games left, if you're telling me Ben Simmons isn't coming back until there's only 14 games left in the season, the Nets are, in, are dead in the water. That's not going to work. They need to start playing him very soon. So I, I, I'd i say the more time that they have with those guys on the floor, the, the better their odds are. Mm-hmm. But if they keep playing this game where they want to buy time and push this along down further down the road, I don't know if they're going to be successful in the playoffs. Lethal, let me ask you this, because, you know, we've seen Kevin Durant do incredible things on the basketball court. We saw last season when it was the size of his foot that really was a difference maker in sending the Nets to the next round. Mm -hmm. We saw him play 45-plus minutes, dropping 50-plus points. I mean, just unreal things, basically holding down the fort solo dolo because Mm -hmm. of all the other situations that emerged, just a domino effect of just chaos Mm -hmm. with the Brooklyn Nets. He has sustained another injury, and it's kept Mm -hmm. him out, you know, for a while. And it's almost unfair to ask him to come back from another injury and do it all over again. Is it something that you're concerned about that, look, if you have somebody who's now had major injuries and things that have kept him out of the game for weeks, this is not, you know, a couple days, Mm -hmm. weeks, he's missed the All-Star, you know, game. He's missed that whole entire week. Are you concerned that putting too much on his plate because you don't have really another choice, you're asking for almost a sense of deja vu to happen all over again? Yeah, I, th- I think we spoke about this before. That's just too much load. And uh, and I hear when, you know, Chris says, well, he killed them single-handedly because he was the only person out there. So if you strip the Nets right now and just put James Harden with the four rookies, James Harden's going to have 50. Um, if you strip the Nets and just put Kyrie and take Kyrie and James Harden, those guys are going to go into what they do, and he's going to score 50. So now if he's scoring 50 with Kyrie, James Harden, and Ben on the court at the same time, like now that's scary. But that's not going to happen because so many guys need to touch the ball. So now if Kevin Durant has 30, Kyrie has, you know, it's, it's, it's not a lot of basketball, but Kyrie has 25 and then Ben has his 14 and, and 15 assists, then I think they have a great chance. But if they try to expect him to do what he did last year, all you're doing is just, like you're saying, Ash, they're just burying him into the ground and that's just too much load for somebody where injury will take place. And we see that with NBA players. When certain NBA players have too much on their plate and they're trying to, you know, I, I love the game. I, I'm going to just play how much I, I want to play. I love yeah. yeah, I mean, I love, I love the grind. Those are the guys nine times out of ten, they get hurt the most. And as much as we love him, rest in peace, Kobe, he was one of those guys. And that's why his body was just taking a huge hit every game where his shoulders, his knees, he's popping his mm-hmm. Achilles. His, every, I mean, he had 50,000 injuries. You remember that that picture of him on the back? Oh, man, it was, like, it was like yeah. an army. Yeah. It, was like, it was like he just finished <laughs> at an army. Yeah. So it's like, as much as we, we, we say he did kill last year, that's not nothing that we wish on somebody to try to do again this year because like you guys always say, the East isn't just the normal East this year. Like, they're it's really tough. good. So it's, if he does that, that means... You know, he's he's older, but he's still the yeah. best player in the world. But, you know, he needs that help. You guys won't win with just him. 
And I hold on real quick. Two two more things, Lethal. I got something for you, but real quick. Yeah. You know, the the Nets have, you know, for all the the hype they get about their performance team, there's been two injury setbacks that they've had in recent memory. One, James Harden last year with his hamstring, right. hurt his hamstring, then he was ramping up, had a setback that, that set him out for a lot of the time. And last mm-hmm. year, he was playing on one hamstring in the playoffs. Right. And then this year, Joe Harris. Joe Harris gets ankle surgery, starts ramping up, has a setback on the court. We haven't seen him since, right? And that's what the Nets want to avoid now. They don't want to have, they don't want to start have, ramping up Kevin Durant and then something happens, and now he's got an injury setback, and now right. he can't play into the mm. playoffs. But, but Lethal, I have a question for you, right? Because we were just talking about how Draymond is able to play with all these shooters on the floor. Do you think Ben Simmons can play almost in a Draymond type of role where he's not ha- where he doesn't need to shoot, but he can be that guy who's doing those dribble handoffs that's setting up? Because if you look at the, their best lineup, is going to be Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, probably Seth Curry, and probably Andre Drummond, right? Do, do you think that lineup makes sense, and how do you see them kind of working him into the fold? Well, the thing about the Warriors system, when Draymond is on the court, he's the only one who can't take the three. Right. But right. he will take it at times. So if right. we if we swapped Ben and put him on the Warriors, the Warriors are going to win a championship because that's how Absolutely. good Ben is um, with the basketball in his hand. Now, with the Nets, you just named somebody, Drummond. There's no way that I feel, and you guys can check me, I don't think that Drummond and Ben are going to be able to play at the same time because what's going to happen is that's when the other teams, if they're smart, what they're going to do is they're just going to sag back off Ben. And then Draymond, I mean, if Drummond isn't in the in the kill spots, um, which is called like no man's land and dunkers and different spots yeah. of that nature, if he's not in those spots, literally when Ben has the ball, it's going to look like a zone. Because what they're going to do is they're going to try to deny Kevin. They're going to try to deny um, Kyrie. And then what they're going to do is when Ben has the ball up top, it's just going to look like everybody's just looking at him. Now, the reason why Draymond, you can't do that with Draymond is because who do you sag off when the, when, when the Warriors are playing when Draymond's at the five? So right. now with the, with the Nets, what they're going to have to do is I think at times, which is going to hurt you guys, you might not want to hear this, they might have to play like Kevin at the five. But the thing is, can Kevin check the five? Absolutely you get, not. You get where I'm coming from? Yeah. Or unless Ben plays the one and then checks the five, he's capable of doing that. Yeah. Um, and then making making the five uh, sag back. But now that's that's a lot of wingspan that's back yeah. and stuff like that. So well, this is going to be very interesting. I'm excited to see what they do. I think for this to work, they're definitely going to have to change your offense. Your offense is too stagnant for the Nets. Mm. I feel like if the ball was to uh, just... I mean, I know they're older guys. I'm not trying to ask them to be moving like the the Warriors. I don't know. The Warriors move crazy. Like, they, yeah, they're just... they do. They, 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 it's, just, it's just mayhem I think going some on. of that stagnant that stagnant offense comes from, not going to hold you, James Harden. Yeah. I think we're going to see a different offense yeah. because... Kyrie holds it a lot, too. Yeah, well, well Kyrie's listen, part-time as well. So time, we'll we'll time will definitely tell, and the second half of the season is going to be point. interesting for sure. Rounding out three on five, I am not completely off the hook here because Uh-oh. take oh, oh, number they five. They got you? I Let's mean, go. maybe. It's probably oh, a take I'm still on standby, Come on, but Josh. here we go. Pull it up, Josh. Here's a take I had about the Suns that I may or may not want to reconsider. I think I know what it is. Go Uh-oh. ahead. I think what happened with the Suns last year was a fluke, and I don't think we'll see them in the finals this year or next year. Ow. And I am going to one. go ahead Six and, one. and double down on this Six take. Okay. Here's the thing. MJ lost I'm, a few. You can lose one or two. I'm, I'm doubling down on this take because my catalyst for that was Chris Paul. Two things. I think the, the saying that it was a fluke is a little unfair because they were playing incredible basketball. But however, I do think you didn't have a healthy Lakers team. Right. You didn't nope. have a healthy Clippers team. Right. You nope. didn't have a healthy healthy Jazz team. Right. There nope. were a lot of teams that just kind of crumbled all at the same time that just opened the, the path right. for the Suns yep. to just go all the way through. Right. Had, you know, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz been healthy, the Warriors been healthy, Klay Thompson been back. I don't think we would have seen the Suns in the finals. That's not to say that's not a good basketball team. I just think that there were better teams than in a seven-game series. They probably would have been sent home. Now, the other side of that argument for me was Chris Paul and Mm -hmm. the injuries he seems to sustain at all the wrong times. It has come out that he has sustained yet another injury. If you watch the All-Star game, the man couldn't even dribble. 
It mm-hmm. looked like, you know, whatever's going on with his hand hasn't it has him in such pain. He could not even dribble a basketball. He is a major part of this team's success. And Absolutely. if you do not have him on that court, you lose. get a drastically different Suns team. And right. this is the worst time that this could possibly happen. We've been talking right. about it all the time. The you West is that. completely more competitive than it was last season. Right. You have a lot more teams that are healthy right now that are more complete that are deep, that are just ready to go for the second half. And having Chris Paul out in the second half of the season where all these teams are making playoff pushes is a really bad situation for the Phoenix Suns. Now, that's not to say they're not going to make the playoffs. I still think that this team is good enough to sustain, you know, the trajectory of the type of ball that they're playing without Chris Paul. But who's to say when CP3 comes back? Yeah. I mean, he's getting reevaluated in six to eight weeks. Yeah. Who's to say when he comes back, he's even going to be able to be an intricate part of this team's success? Who's yeah. to say that they're not going to have fallen so drastically at that point? It doesn't even matter. If they hold their own with Chris Paul out at the then that's they're, they're, they're going to win. Tough. It. Like, they'll Absolutely. beat the Warriors. If, if, if they I show us, mm. Chris, if they show us that they can win these games, with him out, I'm all in. If they don't, the Warriors But the, the playoffs is it. a very different is a di- yeah. very different arena. Yeah. We all know that the game changes, yeah. the competition changes, and to have somebody of Chris Paul's importance, not I only know. from as the point god, but as just a leadership role, I know, yeah. not be reevaluated for six to eight weeks is a dagger That's to what the Phoenix Suns have been doing. Well, let's just look at their upcoming schedule. Right, coming out of the All Star break, they got the Thunder. That's a winnable game. They got the Pelicans. That's a winnable game. They got the Jazz, the Trailblazers, the Knicks. They could go two and one at least in that. Then you got the Bucks. You probably lose that game. You got the Magic, the Heat. Lose that they game to the, the Magic. Magic. There's a lot of there's a lot of winnable games here. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's not the the road forward isn't it, it gets a little tougher down the road. They got the Sixers, the Nuggets, the Warriors. Uh, all in, in late March, early April, but the Suns have a pretty light path and they it's do. crazy. And that's, the good thing ridiculous. is if they lose those games, they're still good for playoffs. Every team is one injury away from from seeing their, their championship mm-hmm. hopes fall mm-hmm. apart, right? Like we would talk about with the Nets, oh, you know, if, Kevin, if KD goes down, if Kyrie goes down, yeah, well, look, and I guess we still have to wait and see what happens, but I, I think we're all in agreement here. If Chris Paul isn't 100% for this playoff push, the Suns, you think the Suns are going to beat the Warriors without Chris Paul? No. No. no and we said, listen, I say it all the time on the show. Phil Jackson famously said winning a championship is 50% health and 50% luck yeah. and talent. And that's the and that's the truth. You know, the luck part comes with being healthy and having all your players healthy at the exact same time, at the exact same moment. And mm. unfortunately, you know, this is just another situation where Chris Paul just seems to just be so unlucky when it comes to sustaining injuries at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Luckily for him, this is a really good basketball team that with a light schedule should be okay. But yeah. when it comes to winning a championship, when it comes to what those playoffs are going to look like, I don't know. I think if you don't get Chris Paul back at Chris Paul's, you know, status, not 50% Chris Paul, not 40% Chris Paul, you need all a CP3. If yeah. not... I think, you know, the Suns are not going to be able to get the job done. Mm-hmm. So you're doubling down on them not I'm doubling being... down on not being in the finals. Absolutely. I'm doubling I, down on I agree on with it. you. I agree with you. So there Flukes. goes Lethal 6-0, six oh, not 6-1. Six six one. One. Don't come for me. Okay. Flukes. Okay. Phoenix, the Phoenix Flukes. I'm sorry. I'm not going I'm, I'm okay. to violate y'all, Phoenix. All right, that wraps up three on five. We sent out a bat signal for you to give us your hot takes for the rest of the year. And you guys responded. So we picked out a couple of them, picked out a few of y'all hot takes. It's up to us to deem whether they are certified or not. (laughs) It's time for Get At Me. We want to hear from you. Please let us know what you think. It's time for Get At Me. me. Let's get started with our first hot take, and it comes from at LBoogie823. El Boogie says Zion Williamson will not play another game for the Pelicans. And it's been rumored that he'll miss the rest of this regular season. And the Pelicans didn't even use Zion's likeness to sell tickets for next year's season ticket holders. That's crazy. He's not even on the Flyers. What Lethal, have we seen the last of Zion in New Orleans or you think that boy's going to make a comeback next year? Yeah, I don't think he's going to go back because, I mean, mm. you see he, he has a contact with CJ. When you're the face of a franchise, soon as somebody comes over to your team, it doesn't matter if they're 
the caliber of Siege or anybody. You always want to be the first person to talk to them so you can show them that you're the leader. Um, it's unfortunate, but I think I think it might be you or Ash. It might be Ash that said that you know all due respect to the Pelicans organization. Those are my guys, but they they haven't done well with the superstars, the Chris Pauls, the ads, and different guys of that nature. And I think that uh, probably Zion and his camp are just at the point that it's like, look, we're just looking for a fresh start. It's just sad because that type of market needs a Zion. That type of market needs change. Um, and and until they figure out how to put the right people around that franchise, they're going to continue to have the same thing happen every year when they get great players such as, such as Zion. I'm going to say this because yeah. I, when I, when I dropped that a year ago, that the Pelicans, New Orleans does not know how to manage superstar talent. New Orleans came at me crazy saying I'm a small market hater and I hate the city of New Orleans, which is not true. You I love chill. Nola. Get you again. Been, listen, I love Nola. been plenty of times. Anyone who's ever spoken to me knows I gassed that city up. One of the great Greatest cities in this country, Amazing food incredible, place. people incredible, Need culture incredible. There. With that said, we've seen this before from the Pelicans or New Orleans in general because they have changed their name. We saw it with CP3, we saw it with Anthony Davis, we're seeing it now with Zion. When Zion moves on, because I think that he will move on from New mm -hmm. Orleans, I just don't think the relationship is going to be able to sustain. I think that though, when you see Zion move on, whether it's the Knicks, whether it's the Lakers, whether it's wherever he goes, I think you'll see a different Zion because as we've seen before, sometimes players, when they get into an environment where they feel better, they mm -hmm. play better. Mm -hmm. They are better. We're probably going to see it with Ben Simmons. We saw it with Derrick Rose when he left Detroit and went to the Knicks. He was like a brand new player. We've right. seen it time and time again. When you're unhappy, it starts to affect everything around you. But Zion has to take some responsibility for some of his unhappiness because he also has not done enough to be this just aloof when it comes to the city that drafted him. I mean, I'll tell you this. I'm going to tell y'all this. As much as we're hard on him, he is young. And i tell you one thing. If he does what he's supposed to do, that is a future Hall of Famer. So I just pray that him and his camp future get it together. Future Hall of Famer? Bro, listen. When a young player comes into the NBA, the thing that people want to understand is it's not always them that is making decisions. It's the team around them. Now, Zion played on a team that didn't have any um, older NBA guys on the team that could show him the way. So who does he listen to? He listened to his camp. So now we're you're, we're trying to tell him how to be a professional, how to be a pro, and he hasn't been around those those pros for real. So who he's gonna listen to? He's gonna listen but to you, people that's but around. But you can him. get you can get OGs that aren't on your team. What's stopping Zion from reaching out to a? Um, he's the first person that's coming to my mind. I'm just gonna say that. I mean, that, we don't know. We don't and, know the type of personality. We don't know the type of personality he has to do something like that. Now, I guess at yeah. Duke, the infrastructure was so tight that you can't even get out the shower without them knowing everything you're doing. So it's like in college, it's different. So it's like it's like, pop, 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 pop. and that's why he was mm. taking off from like the free throw line. But when you get to the NBA. Them NBA teams are not there to be babysitters. So it's more like the it's the infrastructure of your, your assistant, your trainers, it's the different people that put you in line for your purpose. Not saying that they're not doing a great job. I'm just saying it's, it's it, uh, people got to understand, like, you know how it'd be like, you can see an NBA guy be like, damn, I've been trying to get in contact with you. He'd be like, man, I've been trying to get in contact with you. I, I, but I reached out to your assistant. They didn't tell me. I've been, I, I've been needing you to be my shooting coach for five years. It's sometimes that middle person that messes up the, the gatekeeper. So it's like, I just pray, like you're saying, like I just pray that his team, which they're, they're doing a great job, but I just pray they get it together because nine times out of ten, a player that young who doesn't know is the people around them that, like, it's like, this is a good example. So, and it's not always about social media, but it's like this guy's the big, one of the biggest faces of the NBA. He doesn't even promote certain stuff about the NBA and stuff on his platform. So it's like, it's like he just went AWOL. So it's like, you can't do that when this guy was supposed to be literally the face of a franchise and the NBA. Yeah, it's terrible. A, ter a dark day for small small market franchises, number one. Uh, number two, I mean, I mean, what a take by El Boogie. Are we certifying this? Um, <sighs> I think so, guys. I think we're certifying it because the way you guys sound and the way I feel, that boy might as well be gone. And if he does play, he ain't going to be playing inspired basketball. I think that I the know. only thing, I think the only thing that can save the relationship of the Pelicans and Zion is restructuring all the things that happen off the court to make sure that he's prepared to be the best that he can be on the court. If the things are outside of the game don't change, then yes, I'm certifying it. So yeah. I'm 50, I'm on the fence. 
Lethal, what about you? I, I agree with her 100%. I 50-50? mean, yeah, because all due respect to CJ McCullough, he's a, he's a legend in what he does, but I don't think that's enough for somebody like Zion to say, I still want to play for the Pelicans. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Mayor. Not at all. That's not, a, that's not that's a move, but I don't think that's the move that Zion and Camp was looking for. Because don't forget now, Zion is still a role player. He's not a guy that like you can give the ball to every game and he's just going to score and go crazy. He has to have the good pieces around him, and that's why he was so good at Duke. So if you go back and look at Duke, he was able to kill because of the players around him setting him up to do different things, not Zion having the ball every single play, trying to putting him in situations that he, he doesn't look great. Next up, we have this hot take from at Deandra Ann. And she says, the Trailblazers will actually make it to the playoffs. <laughs> so, so just a little bit of background. It doesn't look like Dame is coming back this season, but the Trailblazers are winners of four straight and are currently in the final play-in spot. That means they're in the 10th seed in the West. Ash, what do you think? Is it at all possible that we see Portland grab that 7th or 8th seed? No. <sighs> I don't think so either. Diane, I, I think that, she must I think the, live in Portland. I think I think, yeah, Dame, that's a Portland I think life it's life. possible if you got Dame time, but if he's not coming back, then no. The, it's just not it's Shit, not feasible. I don't and look, see Dame winning four yet. straight, you mean before the all-star break when half those guys were exhausted and checking it in, thinking about Cabo and the DR and Miami? <laughs> like that doesn't mean anything to me. Like she tried to throw Miami in it. Their bodies were on the court, but their minds were already on vacation. Like, right. you know what I mean? I can't right. I can't give them you know, too much cred Let's for Let's add a little context. They beat, the Trailblazers beat, who they beat? They beat the Lakers 107-105. Not they beat saying you, much. They beat your Knicks 112-103. Not saying much. I just, I, I just wanted to hear you say that. <laughs> they beat the much. Bucks 122 to 107. I do want to say something. Sorry to Giannis cut you off. Giannis was already on, not, on the All-Star break. Y'all better yeah. understand <laughs> that Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Simmons, Simon, yeah, Simon. Let me tell you something. That, that dude is the truth. He's the real deal. Yeah. He's the but real he's just, deal. He's not so enough if to Deep, hold down if, the fort. If Dame does come back, let me tell you, y'all gonna think I'm crazy. With CJ out, he need to be right in the spot. Yeah. No, I'm saying right now, if Dame comes back, absolutely. Okay, but if okay. he's not expected to come back, they right, don't stand a right, chance. Right, right. Dame and, is and, the key to this. That's right. that's really yep. all it comes down to. Right. And their fourth victory was against your Memphis Grizzlies, 123 to 119. Mm. And the game John had 44. John already had his mind on Casamigos on the private yeah, jet. He, 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 was, he had he 44 was, that night. What's he was up? 44 he was, and 11. I don't he know. Was you off, know what? He was off the grid. Uh, Deandra and you might be on to something. The West is a little weak right now. The Trailblazers don't want four in a row. I Anthony put, Simons. I, I wouldn't put too much stock oh, in no, four man. in a row before the All-Star break. Oh, I wouldn't no. do it. I oh, wouldn't no. do it. Talk, talk to me and talk to me in like two uh, weeks. And we listen, you know what? We're going to, we're going to, we're not certifying this take today, Deidre, but Sorry. we will, we will revisit this take in, in a future week and give it, give it two to three weeks. We'll see how, right. how your, how your trailblazers do. And our last take finally comes from at Mr. Burn Notice. Okay. Oh, this is, this is a bold one. He says, Boston will leapfrog Philly by the end of the season. As of today, Boston is the sixth seed at 34 and 26, while Philly is only two games in front of them as the three seed at 35 and 23. Lethal, let's start with you. Do you think Boston can overtake Philly in the Atlantic division and finish ahead of them? Mm. Oh, you got lethal stuff. Mm. <laughs> I like this. I take mean, already. Boston's my guys. You know what I mean? Like, but the okay, let's do this. <laughs> The, Let's wait, do this. The but, way that Boston has been playing, as far as what Ashley would say, chemistry, I have to go with Boston because Philly just made a change. Not saying that James isn't enough, but if we want to go off chemistry, if we want to go off how they've been playing, Boston's been, they've mm -hmm. been completely understanding that new Spurs system. They've been completely understanding um, how to truly play basketball. And I think that trade that they made was, was just remarkable because th that new piece, his ability to do exactly what the coach is looking for because he comes from that Spurs team, because he understands that system, I think it's only going to help take Jason Tatum and um, Jalen Brown to the next level. So I have to go with Boston. Ash, what you thinking? She going to say this. You got to go. You got it. You know what? I don't disagree with Lethal. I think that Boston has been a victim of a few misfortunate things in the first half of the season, right? They had a huge COVID outbreak. Mm -hmm. Then there were some injuries, you know, they had the coaching change, you know, at the start of the season and they were, you know, getting adjusted to that. I think, you know, there were a lot of things stacked against them in the first season that kind of made it a little bit of an up and down run for them. 
I still think at their core, they're a really good basketball team. And I think that all the, a lot of the kinks that needed to be worked out and COVID being the biggest one won't be a factor yeah. in the second half of the season. I don't know if I believe in James Harden and Joel Embiid. I don't together. I don't know if I'm buying it. I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if it's something. I don't know if I believe uh, James Harden and Doc Rivers together. I don't. I have to see it, and I don't know. There's something in my gut that tells me in that trade the Nets won more than the the Seventy Sixers did. Sure. And I don't know if I buy the chemistry of the Seventy Sixers just yet. I don't. I think that it's possible that Boston can leapfrog. I'm not mad at this take at all. Um, now, if say Boston and Philly got to go neck to neck in a series, I would take Philly sure. to beat them. But if we're just talking about standings, I'm not mad at this. I can see it happening. This is a tough one, right? Because I like what Boston did. I like the, them getting Daniel Tice back. You know what I'm saying? I thought that was that was a really nice pickup for them. But it's just something about Joel Embiid and his dominance where I, I think James Harden, and, and just from what we've seen from him, I, I think he wants less of a load. You know, I don't think he wants to have to shoulder so much of an offense and being able to just dump the ball off to Joel Embiid from time to time is really the answer. Being able to set Tobias Harris up, no matter what you say about Tobias Harris, he's still someone that can go out there and get you 20. And I think his numbers are going to improve under Harden because now what are you going to do? You're going to have Maxi on the floor with him. You're going to have Tybal, Embiid, Tobias, and Joel. That's going to be tough to stop. Um, just looking at strength of schedule right now, the Celtics have the 10th strongest schedule and the Sixers have the 12th. Actually, they're tied, so it's basically so it's the same. The, yeah, draw. they pretty much have the same yeah. instead of, of toughness of schedule left. Um, I, this is tough. But again, I, I think I'm going Boston, with the Celtics, though. Boston yeah. has played together. I mean, Boston exactly. has played together. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was just about to say that. I talked to Grant last week because we had to go over some film, and I'm telling y'all something. This ain't good news, y'all. Breaking news, lethal shooter. Oh, lethal by the shooter way, Grant is top Williams. four in the NBA right now in three-point percentage, by the way. but In three-point percentage? In three-point percentage. Grant Williams is top four in the NBA. But, you, you lying. Yeah, he hey, wasn't known Josh. as a shooter. Hey, that's what we do. Hey, let's Why go, you got lethal? call Josh? You know, Josh the police. Josh going to pull it up. Josh the feds. Josh going to pull it up in two seconds. Go ahead and pull it up, Josh. Pull it up, Josh. Let the people know, Josh. That's what I do. But... Let me let me let you know real quick. Grant Williams used to be a liability from downtown. Hey brother. man, he's stretching he because that man game. Because the one thing that that he understood, this is off record, but the one thing he understood in today's NBA at that size, if you're not knocking down a three point at a high clip, I mean, what's the point, you know? But yeah. to jump back on subject, when I was watching film of Boston guys, the way that they're moving, the way that they're in the timeouts, the way that they're doing everything, it looked like pops over there. And now that they're, mm. they're accepting this new system and this new team format I truly and remember you remember I think it was us you remember we used to say that they used to just be playing whatever and nobody's playing like a team if you notice now they're playing more like a team yeah Philly all due respect if James Harden is slowing the ball down and Joel's just standing Mm -hmm. or Joel's just that's all due respect if Joel is playing the way he's playing and and Joe and James Harden is just standing those two players are the same it's just one is seven foot and one is six five now, talk to him. If Joel has the ball doing his thing, and J- and James is moving without the ball, something he didn't even do for the Nets, nope. or when jo- James Harden is doing his thing and Joel is still moving out the ball, now that's going to be scary. But if they keep that same format of of people watching, because Tobias Harris is a volume shooter, Danny Green is a vo- like all these guys they have, they have to fill the ball. If that ball starts moving with Philly. Philly's going to blow it blow it out the door. But if the ball doesn't move, it's just going to be stagnant offense. And right now, Boston is moving that basketball. Uh, it's unfortunate, and I see this happening. I, I don't think that we're going to see that offensive imagination come from a Doc Rivers offense. Okay. And I think what we're, we're, we're going to see is Doc Rivers out the door, Mike D'Antoni comes in the door next season. And now, Mike D'Antoni? Listen, you got Daryl Morey and James Harden there. That's the last straw. Right. I promise you. It's, it's, right. It's, I think it's going to happen. Right. Chris Tredomis Dan- on I deck, you Dan- feel me? I have D'Antoni P- P.S. TD. What yeah, is it? I think yeah, we all so, do. Yeah. I, I just all I due respect to Mike. He's a great coach. He's a great coach. But yeah, but I'm a Knicks fan and I have like oh, I have man. bad memories of that time in my you. life. So yeah, I believe it. <laughs> he, so he, we, just we trauma. <laughs> trauma. I have trauma. Yeah. I have trauma. So how we feel? PTSD. We certifying this take Celtics ahead of the Sixers at the end of the season? I, I certify or? Ash. Ooh. I'm certifying it too. And I'm I said PSTD. Oh yes. Yes. Well, we know if she certified it, so we're we're I'm certifying it. 
Before we end the show, it's time for my segment. And you know what they say. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't get buckets. That that's not that bad, Josh. That wasn't that bad. Know. You know, Josh has been on a roll. He's been on like, a roll. It's, it's I don't been think good. Josh is. I don't think Josh is writing these anymore. That's why it's not. Oh, it must be we can't else. give that's him credit. Josh, you got to listen on the group chat. Let us know. Who's but writing these now? He's got a ghost writer. That's right. It's the certified bucket of the week. Verified with our stamp of approval. Certified bucket of the week. Um, look, look, he's 100% writing these, but he Ghost still didn't pull writer. up the Grant Williams being top four in the NBA. But um, <laughs> my certified bucket, guys, I got to go with this guy. So the night before, it was me, Steph Curry, Machine Gun Kelly, John Stockton, we're all in the back. And i tell you one thing. Just being around Steph and seeing those vibes, I knew that he was going to do something special the next day. I'm going with Steph Curry because... Not only is he the artist shooting, he's changing the whole aspect to the artist shooting. He's the reason why kids around the world want to shoot the basketball. And I hate when people try to say he ruined the game. He's the reason why the NBA is exciting. He's the reason why the NBA ratings are up. And Steph Curry with 50 points, 16 three-pointers. You should have had more than 16 three-pointers. I've demanded 20 from you. All-star game <laughs> MVP. And the reason why this is this matters the most is because those fans try to boo him. Them fans try to beat him down. And what does he do? He raises money for the city. He breaks all the barriers. And most importantly, those same fans that booed him, those same fans were clapping for you. And that's the definition in life. Don't worry about what happened before. You can only mm. you can only fix what you have to do what's ahead of you. And that's what Steph Curry did. When those people were booing him, he was like, you know what? I'm gonna do what I need to do. And that's what yo, he did during Cleveland the All-Star. Was these life that. Mess- yo, Cleveland was yo. booing the hell they out of him. They was doing bad. Yo. They was doing like, bad. Every time that Dang. man tried to say something, boo, boo, boo. Yeah. I'm like, yo, well, it like, yo it's been like seven years, guys. Yeah. Let's move forward with our yeah. lives. Like, hey man, like I'm I'm telling you, Steph is about to unintentionally break up a lot of teams because a lot of them all-stars. Watch Steph hit 15, 16 threes. And I'm like, damn, my point ridiculous. guard ain't doing that. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to split my certified bucket. I'm going to give oh, half to gonna him. Split. We can split. Gonna, I didn't know we could split. Give, I'm going to give half to my guy, Obi Toppin. You're making rules. Yeah. You're making oh, rules. Hold on, Josh. We need, we need, we need, a, we need somebody to come in. Are we allowed to split? Ash pick Obi Toppin to win the dunk contest, y'all. First and foremost, though, LeBron, you know, the kid from Akron, returned home, All-Star weekend, hit the game winner in the All-Star game, and they crashed went crazy. And look, it's crazy because look, LeBron's exhausted. Let's right. just let's just quote what it is. Right. I, you know, was at a Lobos dinner that he hosted Friday night right. in Cleveland. He probably should have been on vacation relaxing after all the chaos in the first half right. of the season. I'm right. sure he's tired. But right. to go out there and still give it your all and and you know, as many all-star games that he has played and still give it your all knowing you've just had a tumultuous first half of the season and then to do the game, hit the game winner That's huge. in the city that made you, That's in the huge. city that you put on the map. It was just dope. And look, I hope that Cleveland fans, you know, however, you know, it ended and then the relationship between LeBron and the Cavs and, you know, all the drama that, you know, had risen when that moment in time was. I hope they appreciate that they had one of the greatest players in the history of the game at home with them for years, delivered them a championship like he said he would, and to come home and hit that game winner, did the powder beforehand, I hope they appreciate it and they never boo him like they did Kyrie Irving and Steph Curry. And they always appreciate that, look, he didn't have to come back, and he did. So... That that shout out to LeBron and shout out to my guy Obi Toppin representing Jeez, for New York Louise. City. You know what? Facts. Slam dunk contest Should have never winner. doubted you, Obi. Yo, from never. The towns. You, you should have won it sides. last year. That's I'm glad guy. you came back and you doubled back and you Stay got what was Knicks yours. Fans. I love the fact of seeing him win it, not only because, you know, New York Knicks, my guy Obi Toppin, been a fan, wanted him from day one when he was drafted. I was so excited. But he also comes from this. His dad is Dunker's Delight, the streetball legend. So to see Dunker's Delight Jr. do it on the big stage, probably the stage his dad has always dreamed of himself being on, it's just, you know, the ultimate just um, development in the in the Toppin family tree. And I love to see it. It's the real New York energy. And Obi, you did the Knicks proud, and we're proud of you in New York City. Keep it up. And it's only the beginning. The sky's the limit for you, Obi. Yeah, now they need to find a way to work him into that rotation next to Listen. Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's continue moving along to my certified bucket. Since I know we can split them, let's split them up real quick. My first certified bucket is going to Carl Anthony Towns. Show them that big man could win that three-point competition. Mm-hmm. He came out there, guns blazing. I don't think anybody picked Carl Anthony Towns to win that thing. 
I, I had money on Patty Mills. You you picked Carl Anthony Towns? Nah, I'm messing with you. I was about you. to say, I don't <laughs> Patty Mills. Know anybody. Yeah, I, I had, had Patty, Patty too. Mills, Patty had yeah. a 21, and then Trey yeah. Young came and hit the 22 ball. Mm. Broke my heart. Now, Trey Young I... was bricking, though. He was bricking. Yeah, he was, he was in the second but round. Can, can, we, can we, like you just said, I'm sorry, I know this is your certified bucket, but can we just appreciate where shooting is going? We had a seven-footer yeah. Yeah. win a right. three-point contest team. Yeah. This that's is crazy. Fire. Now, that's why it's unacceptable in today's NBA. You have to knock down. If you got a seven-footer beating a Trey Young. Mm. Mm. This is crazy. That was crazy. That, that was wild. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Behind Cam Thomas coming into Madison Square Garden. Oh, my hair come, ass. You knew it was coming. Absolutely destroying <laughs> Quentin Grimes one-on-one. About 16 seconds left. What was the, the date of that game, Chris? Bro, that I was six we were talking days about ago. recent things. That but that's recent, a certified you know what bucket. That He's happened it. after our last, after we recorded our last episode. So thank you very much. It is still within the jurisdiction of certified <laughs> oh bucket of the week. Cam, T- I mean, that is every young boy's dream that wants to hoop, right? Go to Madison Square Garden, <laughs> cross somebody up, hit the game winner, Right, and it was just an amazing shot. Whole arena started flooding out. Kevin Durant sending Knicks fans home, so I'm about to get out of here. <laughs> Crazy. That's, that's when I knew KD about, was healthy. How about, that's how I feel about that take. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that's, how, that's when I knew KD was healthy. Once Cam Thomas hit that shot, that boy started galloping. I'm like, oh, no, nah, KD's ready to go. So shout out to Cam Thomas. You got your signature bucket. John is nuts. You got your time, man. That's 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 right. my certified bucket. You know the vibes. Right. Certified choke of the year. That's oh, right. Oh, my give, God. I knew you Give that to the it. Knicks. Give that, give that award right there to the Knicks, man. Well, all right then. On that note, <laughs> sorry, sorry we had to go ahead and end certified bucket on such a delayed take. Um, Listen, can't delay greatness. <laughs> that goes ahead and does it for this episode of Certified Buckets. It's officially a wrap, fellas. Oh, wow. Wow. You and you know what? It's good. You know, these these uh, are definitely good to start off the week. You know what I mean? So, Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I look forward to these. These are some great basketball conversations. So it's good to talk to you guys again. Let me give y'all some flowers real quick because I was talking about, I was talking to production yeah. before we started recording. But like, this feels like family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is good vibes right here. Good basketball vibes. Appreciate you, you me? guys. Let's, I love y'all. This is, this is, this is, this is real. No, this is real good, talk. Good you team. Feel me? Good team for sure. Hell yeah. Chemistry on a hundred. Absolutely. For show, for yeah. show. If we was an NBA team, we would definitely be a championship team. 100%. Who's yep. seeing us? Who wants to smoke with us? <laughs> Who, <if laughs> anybody want to smoke? If we're, the, if we're the big three, I'm LeBron. Oh, my gosh. Lethal is D-Wade. Okay. And Christian, you're Bosh. Not That's right, not no, bad. You're... What? What? What's wrong with Bosh? What's wrong with Bosh? Bosh when is a Hall of Famer. I never said anything wrong with Bosh. You shake No, no, no. Head. Let's do this. Let's do this. You, you, LeBron, let him be D-Wade and I'll be Ray Allen. I, I'll take it. No, nah, I'll you. Ray Allen was a part of the big three. Ray Allen played with them? But he wasn't the big three. Like, You mean to tell there. me they was a big four? Ray Allen? Hey, like, I, how about I this? You know what I'm saying? I like, how about, I'm KD. You know what I'm saying? Ask you, Kyrie. Cause you, cause you, you, I'm saying you got I'm some good takes. Don't call me no Joe Harris. You a part, you a part time good taker. You I'm feel def, me? I'm de- if anyone's Kyrie, it's you. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> me? What did I do? Right, we got You Ben Simmons. You feel me? Finish this off. Finish this off. I'm KG, Lethal's Ray Allen, and Christian is Paul Pierce being carted off in the wheelchair. And coming back to drop 50 on everybody. Let's do it. <laughs> Listen, if you guys oh, love this podcast as much as we love doing it, do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. Shoot your shot on social media as well, at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets, and we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on our next show. But until then, we are out. Peace. 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 Love chicken grease.